All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not a happy camper, but here I am. I come back, I come back time and time again. It's the hope that kills you. It's the hope that kills you more than anything, honestly. It's nothing more, nothing less. It's just purely the hope. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the overlap. We're talking a little Spanish football, La Liga, the closest race in 48 years that La Liga has ever seen at the top flight. No one knows who's going to win the title. We know a little bit more compared to last week, given that one of the top three teams and probably Sevilla are out of the title race. We'll hold off on who that top team is going to be for about the next 30 seconds before. Yeah, I no one, by. no one look at the standings <laughs> while you're listening to this. Do not do right? not look at it because <laughs> don't we look will, until we say something. We will explain it. Don't you actually, we will rant. Uh, some of us will at least. <laughs> Rian, before I, I lose my shit, how you doing? I'm I'm doing well, dude. Not not bad at all. Um, spent the last couple of days in my free time doing some research for our uh, for the Premier League team of the year. Which I think we'll be doing a pod on that next week. And um, interesting stuff. I've only done I've only uh, looked through stats for defenders and uh, goalkeepers so far. And just to tease a little bit, like the goalkeeper, it's for me. I'm not going to pick anyone. My pick is not going to be someone a goalkeeper who's in a top four on a top four team right now. I, I, I think that's a fair, fair point. I, I agree with that so far. <laughs> and, uh, and defender defensive wise, you know, we, we gave a lot of shit to Trent all season. I mean, I'll, granted defensively, defensively, like I'll, I'll caveat defensively, which was fair, obviously, but um, obviously <laughs> outside of, outside of that, I'll just say he's, he's still been amazing. attacking stats are amazing actually well i think he's been just i'm not even gonna like go on a tangent but like for the purpose of this he's been amazing attacking wise in the sense that he's been somewhat of a bright spot in a very lackluster liverpool attack for the last four months but he's looked like kind of the gold star when you're surrounded by average form like it's not it, 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 it's all relative. That's what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. He's, I'll just say, he's been amazing. He's, he's still been amazing. He's not the only fullback that's been amazing, of course, but he's been... He, he's going he to has, the Euros, let's be clear. It, it it now is like, yeah, I mean, it would be, um, it would be absurd to not have him on the squad, at least, especially now that, that the, uh, I think the squads have been expanded to 26 players now instead of the 20, normal 23 um i think it's just for just for this tournament because of you know obviously covid and <laughs> and the fact that you know another part of that is like the, the euros who knows what it's going to look like this summer not only because of restrictions on um maybe where the games will be held but also on that the players will be absolutely as the english like to say knackered just <laughs> unbelievably <laughs> I, I think we've got our fingers crossed for an entertaining Euros, but it, it could be some pretty tired stuff, honestly. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, especially, I mean, you, we're not even talking about Copa America, like that too. Um, oh my Euros, gosh. Yeah. It's... And of course the CONCACAF Nations League. Stop. That doesn't even count. <laughs> no, no. That's tertiary. It's all Obviously <laughs> the Gold Cup is the one that matters. <laughs> Honestly, both of them are debatable. 
But yes, again, it is all relative and relative to the CONCACAF Nations League. Yeah, Gold Cup probably matters just a little bit more. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've got a lot to talk about before we even get to the summer, Rian. Um, I, on the other hand, have had a very busy week, work-wise and not work-wise, which I guess is a good thing, other than the fact that, dear God, Tuesday, May 11th, between the hours of, I believe, 4 and 6 p.m. were just dreadful. Actually, between the hours of 4 and, like, 4.30 was great. And then 4.30 to, like, 6 <laughs> was horrendous. So, Rian, should we spoil for, for our listeners who exactly may or may not be out of the title race? I don't know. Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> I, I think, I think, um, I think our first segment will make it very obvious. <laughs> At least, shall we start with the 3-3 draw for Barcelona? Versus... No, no, actually, we shouldn't. We should start <laughs> over the weekend against Atletico. That's where we should start oh, of course, because, of course, of course. dear God, I'm still reeling from that, too. Yeah, let's let's go there, Rian. What were you going to say? No, um, look, I, over the weekend, what we saw, each of those two big matchups end in draws, right? Uh, in terms of Barcelona facing Atletico Madrid in a game that was, we can start there. But the game was um, cagey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best word for it. I didn't, <laughs> I, at times it wasn't the best back and forth in terms of uh, overall quality of the game. And, and it did feel like um, both teams knew that a loss would really kill the other or sorry would really kill their title chances and um i think there was some some uh aggressiveness in terms of going for the game in the first half at least from the atletico side but the second half was um i guess similar to barca's performance against levante the second half was missing conviction um yeah is is what it felt like and this has been a theme for Barcelona this season, right? Uh, playing against the top teams, not just in Spain, but we saw it even in the Champions League, where for whatever reason, even if the team seemed like it didn't play that poorly, um, it felt like something was missing. And I know a lot of the season we've talked about, yeah, we, they, they need other players to step up outside of Messi, of course, right? But it's it's a pattern i think overall like more than just the players um the second half against levante sergio roberto comes on stop for yeah. for who knows why i like i'm i'm sort of missing i'm missing this weird love for sergio roberto and the kind of casted off Ricky Pooj, who <laughs> came on in that Levante game and and played some con- passes with conviction. I get to again to use that word again. Like he, he, I don't understand why he has not played much this season. I'll just say that I don't understand why Ricky Pooj has not played more than he than he um, has this season. And who knows? It might have a bit to do with what was it back in the fall that uh, there were reports <laughs> that. There yeah. was a mole in the club, and and perhaps Ronald Koeman 
singled out Ricky Pooj himself and 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 uh accused him of being the the mole but whatever it is uh Barca in these games against the top sides I believe they've only won one of them this they season. have only won one game against, against Sevilla correct well correct. yes against Sevilla I was thinking in the context of all competitions which would include the Champions League right. and the answer to that is I guess technically two because they won the away leg against Juventus in right. Turin during the group stages which subsequently led to their demise at home <laughs> you know when they got yeah. torn apart and then lost the first place in the in their Champions League group obviously went on to lose against PSG Barcelona have papered over, I think, the cracks from the last eight months. Like, you have to put, I guess, this game against Atletico over the weekend, again, the game against Levante, both of which they drew, into a massive, massive context, which is eight months ago, you're talking about a team that lost 8-2 in a single game to Bayern Munich. And the reason why they lost 8-2 was a combination of multitude of factors, but ultimately on the field, it came down to having dead weight. And that dead weight was in the form of aging players, of a squad that didn't have an identity and didn't know how to play. Fast forward to about three weeks ago, Barcelona all of a sudden are league contenders, partially down to the fact that Atletico threw away a bunch of needless points between February and April, partially because they went on a really, really good run of form around 13, 14 games that they won and really <laughs> pushed Atletico looked, towards looked towards good the top. too. Like look, looked, looked like a different side than the one we saw close to the end of the fall and beginning of the winter. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But what that doesn't necessarily tell you, and I think the biggest reason why Barcelona have struggled both against top teams and when moments that it mattered, is that the continuation of this team and the continuation of their problems stems from their mentality. Barcelona suffer from a mentality problem. They, in my opinion, do not suffer as much. They still do in some capacity to, due to sporting projects, right? but you still have quality players on the field. Like you're talking about still some world-class players on that field. And I'm not just talking about Messi. I'm talking about other players. I'm not even going to go through them all because it's pointless, but this isn't a bad team on paper and especially on the field. But in the moments that matter, the inability for this team to step up and like you say, lack the conviction against Atletico, against Juventus, against PSG, against Bayern last season, against the real top teams where it matters and to put your stamp as a top European team, that's where this team has lacked over the last eight months. And we're starting to see that mentality seep into their minds a little bit. I think part of it is down to the fact that you are talking about one Dembele header away from <laughs> this being a one nil win against Atletico over the weekend. You're talking about, one Serginho death slip from a cross not being put in against Levante to keep it at 3-2. This game is about fine lines, very fine margins. Margins, yeah. But I could easily be talking about how many games almost didn't go Barcelona's way over the season. I could easily talk about how many penalties that they 
either were debatably called or I, 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 we can have this conversation all day. But ultimately, what has not changed, Rian, is that this team suffers from a mentality problem that has not been fixed. In my opinion, I'm starting to realize that Komen will probably not be able to fix that problem himself. I think there's doubt around him, not necessarily as a coach. What Ronald Komen has done over the last six months, especially, has been nothing short of miraculous when it comes to rejuvenating the squad. The squad. But for the future, for the building, for this new project that Laporta wants to take on, I do have my doubts about Ronald Komen, especially in these big games, because that means the most. That has to mean the most. So right. part of my rant is over. <laughs> no, no, I... I... There's there's so many places I feel like to start with with what the issues with this team might be. I I I don't I I hate to use the mentality thing at times, of course, but I think that mentality thing kind of feeds into the issue of the players are not good enough, um, especially defensively. Like I. We can we can talk about look the slip from first. It was it was a tough <laughs> the timing of Serginio coming in, um, and and that immediately leading to a goal almost like oh what within like two minutes of him being on the pitch and I I don't know if at least let, let me know if I'm if I'm uh, incorrect here but I don't remember Dembele picking up an injury quite I don't remember if he picked up an injury during that game that forced him to be subbed off during Levant against Levante he he did not to my knowledge because him and Griezmann went off at the same time so I he have was to playing think tactical I mean he was playing very well in yeah. that game playing at right wing back um and I mean he was he was the reason for the I believe it was the second goal that he was a massive part the, of it yeah the, the Pedri goal the Pedri goal was which was it was amazing. great work from great work from Dembele on that right side and, and keeping the width and and his runs were really dangerous all all game long really but um and then a solid goal himself yeah, yeah. and then I, so i don't understand i don't understand kuman's um his second halves are very timid yes is the best way to put it whether it's play the team's <laughs> actual yeah <laughs> whether it's through the team's actual play or whether it's through his substitutions most of the time it's really timid uh i, I didn't understand the desk the serginio uh sub and you know that I more than almost anyone else would love to love to see that Sergio got subbed on in that game, but it didn't make sense at all, in, in my opinion. But I think the the overall thing with Barcelona is what I said earlier: is just just the players aren't good enough. the The center backs, Elliot, that, you know, yeah. tell me, have you ever felt confident? <laughs> in any center back pairing that Barcelona or sorry or triplet that they put together in the last two years no 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 (laughs) without a doubt no no (laughs) but the the thing is I don't yeah I, I I to answer your question no I have not felt confident but at the same time there's no immediate solution to that till the summer no and I and I don't like to put it all on the on the center backs either Obviously, I think a large part of it is down to a large part of it is, especially when you're playing with three at this point. Now, their their individual limitations are being shown more than it ever has, I think, in this three at the back, because it is it should be an easier 
situation for the defenders to all defend in, right? And at this point, if they haven't been able to figure it out, it's one of two things. It's the coaching or it's the individual players themselves. And I, I tend to think in this case, it's a bit more of the individual players uh, more than Kuman. But I think the other issues within the midfield, like <laughs> over last summer, Barcelona made an accounting transfer, which was our tour for Marilyn Pjanic. Elise, if you had to guess how many minutes Marilyn Pjanic has played for Barcelona <laughs> this season, if you had to guess general ballpark. Yeah, I think I know the answer is probably around 500 minutes. Oh. Wow, you 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 actually undersold it. It was it's oh. six hundred five. Oh, so close, so close. It's it's a position where it is actually Barcelona's probably biggest need, or maybe not their biggest need. Sorry, one of their two or three biggest needs in the team right now is a holding midfielder who can both distribute and defend their back line, and they have unfortunately no one who can do that right now like god bless Sergio Busquets but it's just you know father time catches up to everyone so it's <laughs> just he he can't shield that back line anymore and while I think his passing is still fantastic and 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 we've seen we've seen it in stretches this season where it's it's made a huge difference to the team's uh build up and attack but there's no one there to to guard those shaky center backs right to now. be to be fair it shouldn't be to be fair to Busquets it shouldn't be his role to it shouldn't fully, no also like, that in theory in theory it should not be his role well to he do shouldn't that. be relied upon I think exactly to be the only guy that can do that right right and in, in again in theory the back three is supposed to protect him as much as he is supposed to right. protect them because the idea of having three center backs is that you have coverage for each channel with wing back wing backs to make it a back five when needed and while that's worked offensively, I think actually really well, I, I'm yeah. actually overall impressed with how it's well, how well it's worked. You're starting to see the defensive limitations of that. Now PK is not, <laughs> he does not move fast anymore. <laughs> I don't know if he ever did, but he definitely does not move fast now, especially after his injury. And I think that showed shockingly through uh, against PSG. And I would probably argue that, Araujo, Ronald Araujo is probably our best center back right now. I don't even know if pairing him with Longley is going to be a great idea, but I'm not really sure where a center back partnership going into next year looks like. If I had to put money on it, I would guess it's a combination of Ronald Araujo and Eric Garcia, who in theory will be coming over the summer for free from City. But even then, that that is you make a good point. I think that's our shakiest point uh, or shakiest part of the team. Along with left back, I would probably argue on top of that. So there's, listen, the, just to wrap it all up and put a bow on it, the league is gone for Barcelona. Like it's, it is not. I mean, PK, got, PK conceded it over the, over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's impossible to win the league. Now you have two games left. You need Atletico to lose and draw. And then you need Real Madrid to at least draw and you need to win every other game. That's not going to happen. Like, I understand that Real Madrid play Bilbao and they play Villarreal. Villarreal, let's 
I'm going to be very honest right now, it's going to be a very easy game for Real Madrid because they're going to be resting players for the Europa League final. So don't expect that to be uh, anything less than a win for Real Madrid. On top of that, Atletico have probably the easiest schedule out of the, <laughs> the top three. Um, of course, not including Sevilla in this because I think they're definitely out of the, the race now with that draw. It's just sad, man. It's just sad um, because Barcelona did their absolute best to claw their way back into the title race just to throw it away at probably the, the most inopportune time. Lost to Granada, draw against Atletico, and a draw against Levante, all when the, the season was in their hands to win. That alone absolutely needs to raise questions about the squad, raise questions about Ronald Coleman. Um, so, yeah, not, not great times to be a Barcelona fan, but I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what the summer looks like, especially after the, um, what's it called, the FIFA FIFA led competitions. Well, yeah. I mean, at least you're still in the Super League, right? So, wow. That <laughs> hit, hit a man while he's down. Hit a man. I mean, while you're about to get down. all the money. Technically, it's only three teams left. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the money, which includes, you know, potentially being banned from the Champions League for two years. And oh, by right. the way, I think Laporta is going to meet with the UEFA president, our favorite buddy, um, Seferin. Seferin, yeah, uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks to talk about the Super League. So hopefully he has his he has a plan because that's honestly right now the last of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of work to do for, for Barcelona. Ali, should we maybe go on to the team that two weeks ago we were very, very worried about? <laughs> yeah. And um they basically went into a must not lose against Barcelona and they were, and they were able to not lose. Sure. And then, and then yesterday actually had a great game against Real Sociedad in Atletico Madrid, who they end up winning it two one, uh, a late goal from Sociedad in the, I think the 83rd minute or something like yep. that made it, made it kind of tense at the end there, but overall I thought he played it extremely well yesterday and would it be crazy for me to say that considering his absence uh, at one point in this season and and how different their attack looks when he's in the in the lineup Yannick Carrasco <laughs> has been the most consistent player maybe maybe outside maybe Marcos Llorente is is a good shot uh, too. Yeah, um, yeah but maybe Yannick Carrasco has been one of their two at at worst, one of their two most important players this season, because you just see how different that attack looks when he is operating on the left side, operating from deep and taking players on, winning a lot of dribbles. Uh, I've I've been super impressed by Carrasco this season. A hundred percent. And we were the same people that were just shitting all over him about <laughs> five months ago. Um after he came back so yeah no I, I think Carrasco has absolutely thrived in the half spaces on the left hand side like completely blown past that gap between center back and right back because honestly it's largely due to the fact that Lorente has supported him really really well too Lorente has I think now 12 assists on the year for Atletico and been their highest contributor to goals by yeah. Of like a very long distance. He's it got a double close. double for this year. In, yeah, in La Liga. Yeah, because you know we bring in the NBA to uh, to <laughs> make it an all round family fun podcast. Um, but yes, Carrasco has had a really really good game 
exposing the half spaces in between the back line. And I think that showed really, really well during the Barcelona game at the Camp Nou when, honestly, between Serginho Dest and Mingueza, they didn't really know how to mark him. I think I think Oscar Mingueza had a harder time and he was actually pulled for um, Araujo at halftime in that game because, A, I don't think he would have really kept up, not with the pace of Carrasco, because Mingueza is actually pretty fast, but just the pure like intelligence on the ball, like the way that Carrasco moves and, and the way he turns his shoulders and his hips kind of threw Mingueza. Like you so could see the unpredictable. His, his dribbling yeah. is so unpredictable. I, I It looks you, funny, honestly. It looks times. really funny. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, like, there's a lot of movement. I think it throws defenders off. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. So he's, he's ninth in La Liga in players dribble pass this season. Yeah. And first in nutmegs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of player that he is, but the problem with that obviously is that when it doesn't go well, it looks really bad. Of course. But he has been, he has been in top form because he's been able to exploit those, those spaces. I don't know what it is if he woke up in the morning and just had some extra fruit juice or something, but the man has been running really, really directly at defenders and getting by them super well. Um, I think that's, again, largely aided by Laurente's positioning and the way that they kind of overlap with each other too, which, again, is why those crosses in the box from either Carrasco or Laurente that kind of interchange has led to Laurente having the most assists on this Atletico team. The other thing that I would say about Atletico is we were scared about Atletico two weeks ago, but the reason that I don't think we're nearly as afraid for them now in my in my opinion, this is just my opinion, has nothing to do with them. It honestly has nothing to do with them. Because if you look at their last four results, lost to Bilbao two weeks ago, beat Elche barely, drew Atletico or drew Barcelona, and then went on to beat Real Sociedad, which I would argue is probably their best game out of the last four. So while it's it's great that they, you know picked up a couple of points along the way like yes they picked up seven points out of four games which is pretty good but if you're talking about title contenders you would have expected them to probably pick up or want to pick up at least 10 of the 12 points there and to me the fact that they are still in first is a byproduct more so of barcelona's three games the last three games and then it's also a product of Real Madrid drawing Sevilla because Real Madrid had a t- chance to go top of the league this yeah. past weekend, and they did not against Sevilla. Um, we'll get to that game in a second. But, yeah, I, I think Atletico, now they have Osasuna and Valladolid left. This is, without a doubt, in Atletico's hands, which is 100% why, and we'll segue in a second, Rian. I'm very excited to announce Real Madrid as champions of La Liga <laughs> in 2020, 2021. I'll get All to right. it. I'll get to All it. Right. Before, before we get there, I, <laughs> I think, I think what, a couple of months ago, when this kind of started to happen, when we started getting this feeling that, oh no, it seems like the walls are closing in a bit on Atletico. I, I think we, I think at, at least I said it and, and we both kind of agreed that if they win this, it'll most likely be with them limping to the finish line. Right. And that's more or less exactly what has happened. And I, up until 
up until maybe before um let's say before before the the remind me i say granada result from from barcelona before that it felt like it felt like madrid and barcelona were going to be able to actually come back and win this and and actually take the points away from um atletico madrid which is something i i didn't predict a couple months ago right but at least from a barcelona standpoint it's shown that that, that they they're not in a position right now to take a league away from another team to win the points and no atletico are just picking up the points at the right times i i think is the best way to put it and Koke himself said at the end of i think yesterday's game where he said uh he said we're at we're atletico madrid like if we <laughs> yeah. don't suffer if we don't suffer then it, it would be like we wouldn't be ourselves if we weren't suffering basically yeah, yeah. Um, which so, is which is true honestly like yeah it's, i mean it's the most cholo simeone like way of of playing and living yeah i mean you think about the last time they won the league they they had to go to the new camp on the last day and <laughs> yeah. win to, to, to be able to win it right so it, it i guess it, it wouldn't be right for them to be able to walk away with the league it's not in their dna and it, it would it would feel almost inauthentic or unauthentic for uh for atleti as a club but it does feel like it's now in their hands and uh it is in their hands that they've got a two-point gap on on real madrid with two games left and it's totally within their own uh hands and that's where we now get to real madrid who Uh, are just keeping themselves in this just keeping themselves in this and it's not as late as it was last season when they took over first place from Barcelona. But like last season, they're going to have to pray for some help for, for a little luck and, and be able to take care of business in their own last two games. I know Elias, you feel pretty confident that, (laughs) that this is somehow going to fall into their laps. I'm very confident that Real Madrid are going to win the league. I am a hundred percent confident. I understand that Osasuna and Valladolid are again, for those that don't watch, La Liga on a like semi even frequent basis. Osasuna is very much like a mid-table team, but you know, came back out of the Segunda last year, still pretty hard to beat away from home. It's not like Osasuna are pushovers. Like let's let's be real. Valladolid, I think on the other hand, are basically on the cusp of going down. They're in the top relegation spot, but again, they're one of those teams that would absolutely spring a surprise against you, like without a doubt. And just to give you some context, this is the same Osasuna side that drew Real Madrid, you know, lost to Barcelona, but still could give a last minute surprise. Like, I I, I just want to be very clear that the last two rounds in La Liga have at least one more wild twist. I, I am convinced of that 100% because there's no been no point in the season where we said, oh, for sure, this is going to happen. And then it's happened. There, like It just has not been the case this season. So in the context of Real Madrid, Rian, going back to their Sevilla game, I just want to touch on it briefly. That last minute goal by, I guess, what we're calling Eden Hazard now, because <laughs> he Worth gets credit it. for it. <laughs> Worth it. A hundred million pounds. <laughs> they win the league. No one can say a goddamn thing. 
Honestly, honestly, <laughs> probably not because this is going to be my point. Without that goal, you're talking about a team that is three points off the top from Atletico. On head-to-head, they would have the advantage. Sevilla but... would be above them, no? As well. Oh, oh, yes. Again, that's the other part of this is that Sevilla would be, after, I guess, this round of results, they would be drawn on 77 Oh, yeah. probably I, I think they'd be yeah i think they'd be i don't remember cool. how the first game went against them but i don't know what the what the uh head-to-head goal difference would no be so there, yeah yeah sevilla i think would be on actually 76 points and real madrid would be on um uh 78 points so sevilla and barcelona would be drawn together on on points tied for third i think barcelona would have the head-to-head there so just going back to how important that goal is if, of course, Barcelona had beaten Levante, they were looking at a situation where they would probably be drawn with Barcelona on points and they'd have the head-to-head advantage, Real Madrid that being that. So just uh, worked out pretty great for Real Madrid that they got an extra point out of that Sevilla game. Yeah. Sounds and by like the way, should... did did not, in my opinion, play extremely well. Like they, no. were, they were chasing this game, in my opinion. I think others have differing opinions and would probably say... Real Madrid were partially in control, especially I mean, in the second half. But no, in the end, they weren't. They weren't creating much, right? And then the goal itself comes from a shot from about twenty-five yards out. That that you know, Hazard, those hundred million euro reflexes, just able to flick it away from uh, Bono to the goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that's a hundred percent. It's just I feel bad for Bono in a lot of ways, but partially not because the first goal that he let in that Asensio scored was just too like you can't let a ball like that get by your near post. That's that's fair. I, I mean, that's a great finish by Asensio. Sure, I'm, like because that is the where the ball goes in is what maybe an inch or two from the near post, and and it comes from a first time shot which took me a bit by surprise but yeah it, you you would you would hope that your goalkeeper would would be in a better position there but i i i think it the play developed very quickly and i think it was i think it was a little tough to get to get over there in time i think it's great placement by Asensio, who has been really good i feel like for united the last month for who? or so for, sorry, wow. Oh my God, for you. <laughs> Freudian slip. For Real Madrid. For Real Madrid. Wrong um, European billionaire club. <laughs> Marco Sensio, I think, has been bright in the last month for, for Madrid, especially, you know, he's coming off of that ACL injury. And more or less, he has to make it happen now um, in terms of his career. He's, he's 25 years old, and this is the time when you expect him to kick on. And I think he's been one of madrid's bright spots especially when you're in the last talking few about months. their younger players their younger players um, yeah yeah i would agree with that I, again he has scored i think close to almost 10 goals this season all competitions not a player that has fully cemented himself yet unfortunately like he, he no. very much in and out of the starting lineup even this season after his injury when he's shown form but Real, all Real Madrid have to do really at this point is win both of the, the rest of their games, which 
I'm pretty confident they will beat Bilbao. I'm pretty confident they will beat Villarreal. I'm more confident they'll beat Villarreal. I'm not as confident that Atletico will beat Osasuna and Valladolid. Like that's that's what it comes down to. Like I, if I'm an Atletico Elias fan, is trembling. I can. See I am, it. I'm so scared. <laughs> I've, I've already announced on Twitter. Like congratulations to Real Madrid, champions of La Liga 2022, uh, 2020, 2021. Yeah, I know a reverse jinx when I see one. <laughs> no, are you kidding? <laughs> if there was a reverse jinx, I would have tweeted out last year too because I could not believe for the life of me that this team went on to win eleven games in a row. But this is what Real Madrid do. They find a way with, I know this is only two games to go and the margin of error is much slimmer, but Atletico have constantly throughout the season shown signs of breaking down, like signs of dropping points when you least expect them, signs of just throwing it away when they didn't, they, they honestly had it in their hands. Real Madrid don't do that. Real Madrid don't do that. And I'm putting, I'm putting my eggs in the Real Madrid basket because this is exactly what I would expect of, of Zidane. This is exactly what I would expect of the mentality of this team. I have a little bit more faith in Simeone after especially the, the, the game yesterday against um, La Real. But I, I'm, there's something eating at, inside me telling me that this is not Atletico's year. It just isn't. <laughs> And I, I honestly, if I had to choose between the two, I think the choice is obvious and who I'm going with, and it's Atleti, but I don't think they get it done. I really, I think they draw one of these games, whether it's the last day or over this next weekend, I don't know, but they're, they're not winning La Liga. <laughs> Elias, I'll try to quell your fears. I think, I think that, um, I think that Atletico will finish this out at this point. I, I think the toughest stretches were the last two weeks and I think they would have felt lucky in a sense to be able to go into the last two weekends of the season, knowing that they are two points up on second place and, and knowing that is still in their hands. And I, I totally get where you're coming from where with Madrid and the aura being so powerful and and just from what we've seen in the last five years, especially under Zidane, where they've just found ways to win titles, it, this team, there's still something so missing from, there's still just something missing from this team as a whole. And I still don't trust that back line, even if Sergio Ramos were to come back. He didn't play against uh, Granada today, and and he's he's probably played his last game for the club. Like I, I honestly, think so. I think he has. I think he has played his last game for the club. Um, maybe a farewell appearance on the last day if things are looking well and the the title isn't won yet. But I think, he, yeah, I think he has. Well, yeah. I mean, either way, that this team is not. They're they're not as reliable as they have been in previous years i just don't feel the same reliability is there and even if even if atletico i think on in an unlikely fashion were to drop points in the last two games i don't have the supreme confidence that madrid will win their last two games of the season so it, it, it might mean nothing to you elias me saying that but um, but I, I just, I don't feel the same aura from this, 
Madrid side anymore. Uh, we know how good Karen Benzema still is. And look, we saw against Granada, Hazard didn't start at all in that game. And it feels like Zidane has gone back to, okay, I cannot rely on this guy. <laughs> he, he, he threw everything in that second leg against Chelsea. He threw the kitchen sink in terms of players that he <laughs> thinks he could rely on and was just, the black magic didn't just work. Proven, just proven so wrong, so <laughs> wrong, unfortunately for them. But um, yeah, he, he knows he knows he cannot rely on Hazard. And I think I, I think I may have said it a, a while ago, like maybe at the beginning of the year, that I always felt like for this team to win the league now at this point, especially from the position that Atletico Madrid was in at the turn of the year, it was going to need Eden Hazard to come back and be at least. 80% of, of the former Eden Hazard. And yeah, I think at best we've seen maybe 50% of that. Yeah. And I don't think that'll be enough. I don't think, I just don't think they'll have quite enough to, to take the league away from Atletico at this point. Do you think that he's just been having too much brioche? Like in Belgium, <laughs> like shipped to his, to his house in Madrid? Like, I don't know what it is. To be fair, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. It's partially tongue-in-cheek. He has looked... Probably better than he has, yeah. Even at any point this season before his injury, you can tell it's you can tell that it's it's a slow progression back. I think I think the progression back to the that like eighty percent of his previous self. What I was saying, I think that's just going to be a slower process than will be needed to win the league at this point. You, you talk about the fact that he came back to full starting shape at least um about a week and a half ago and then you you're expecting him to be fully up to 100 game speed within three weeks and i don't think that is i don't think that's fair and i don't think that's something that um is is something real that you can actually hold on to and 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 hope on from from a madrid standpoint i i really do think that we're going to get to the euros and probably last group stage game throughout through on the rest of the tournament we'll see that 80 percent or maybe better of Eden Hazard and and naturally Madrid fans will probably go crazy <laughs> wondering where that was for the entire season but I do think it's just going to take time for him to get back on that um in that mindset in the same level because on another side the other thing about it, he has to trust his body fully and while I'm sure he might say that he does right now and we and we hope that he does i i can't imagine that within within three weeks of being back on the field full time again that he's fully trusts all of the things that he was so great at doing before and and fully trusts like his ankles and his legs and 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 all that comes with you know being a confident soccer player in general i i think that that's just going to be a long a longer process for him than what is needed to win the league and yeah the last thing i'll say on and hazard too is age is not on his side like that's the other part of this is that he's now the wrong side of 30 and it's different from say a player like dembele where he has the ramp to get back into form versus player and hazard who almost is required almost like an roi type of argument to provide value like it's sooner rather than later <laughs> which trust me that that will not be a positive percentage <laughs> there the, the return on investment for 
for uh and hazard will i mean madrid are praying that it's break even yeah <laughs> basically that. basically and they'll consider that a win so who knows even 80 percent of that will probably be almost a win <laughs> considering his age <laughs> yeah. so. that's true that's true that's true he's still under contract for a couple more years so anyway rian i think that wraps up the uh Real Madrid congratulatory bus that we have going through the town uh, between now and the end of the La Liga season. We'll be back next week talking a little bit about, God, what's happened in England this week with Chelsea Arsenal, United Liverpool. I'm so ready for the season to just all of it just be done. Like, <laughs> yeah, throw, Ellis, throw this whole thing out. Ellis and I were, were speaking on this a little before the before the recording. Uh, we're both pretty fatigued. I mean, obviously not nearly as much as the players who are about to <laughs> who are about to finish playing, especially the ones who are playing in the Champions League who are about to finish playing and then a week later are playing in the first group stage game of the Euros. <laughs> so, um or or the Copa America or wherever they're playing. Uh, we're both of the mindset I think right now is that we would love this season we're ready for the season to end more or less. Um, not that we don't love covering all of this, obviously. Yeah, let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> I'm just fatigued with seeing all the jam packed schedules that make no sense and the footballing quality having been reduced as a result. I just want to see fans in the stadium again next season and I want to see good football. That's all. Yeah. I mean, also Barcelona win the treble, but like, again, a man can dream. Hey, I mean, even even as a fan of a team that's in two cup finals to, to end this season, oh, yeah, I'm no, ready Robert for it to end. No, I'm ready. For... <laughs> that God. was a minor flex. But um, uh, no, ready for it to end. Ready for it to end. Um, and hope that these players, I mean, most of them won't, unfortunately, but I hope hopefully a lot of these players don't touch a soccer ball for three months and uh, and get no, and get a good rest before preseason because, yeah, that's the unfortunate side of this that, that I think Elias mentioned there is that the quality, the quality definitely has suffered because of the scheduling, because of the kind of stop start nature of, of um, at least a couple of weeks in this season. And we just want the fans back and we want normal, normal to just return to our lives, not just in soccer, but we're ready for the for the season to finish out here. Let's get a cup. Let's get some good cup finals at the end here, and uh, and hopefully a European Championships that is not a, uh, a slog to watch. Again, a man can dream. So, <laughs> with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening. Apologies for not taking a break, but we just ran through the shenanigans that is La Liga. So, <laughs> with that, we'll be back next week. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys.